You're watching a journey through business and today we're going to do another book review. Different setting today, I'm in my girlfriend's house. The book we're doing today, a book called Property Magic by a guy called Simon Zucci, this guy here. Immediately I've got a good impression of this book because it's been recommended by a lot of people. Amazon top 10 on property books and it's published. And also what I like is, as it says on the cover here, this is the sixth revised and updated edition. So Simon keeps updating his books for the new tax changes or property laws that come to light over the years. And I respect that. So let's jump into it. I'm going to immediately give you Simon's five golden rules of investing, because this really sets the theme for the rest of the book. It's what he talks about throughout the book. He keeps banging on about these five rules. Number one, always buy from motivated sellers. You hear this term motivated sellers in property a lot of the time people looking to they're really desperate to sell their property maybe they're moving to another country maybe they've got lots of debts they can't pay their debts they've got the bailiffs coming around or they've got debt collection agency coming to the house or they just can't afford their mortgage or they're going through a divorce whatever reason it's called a motivated seller somebody needs to sell that house quick maybe they're in a chain that's how i bought my house um they'd had a sale fall through and they were in a chain and they were really desperate to move house before they lost the purchase of the house of their dreams. They're like, shit, we've got to sell this house that we're in right now. We've got to sell it quick. We had the sale fall through. They're not going to wait over there. We need to buy our dream home. Let's just sell this place we're in now. And then that's where I came in and made a below market um, value offer. So number one rule, always buy from motivated sellers. Number two, buy in an area with strong rental demand. Simon talks about making a property investment, but he always says, whenever you invest in property, he's going to hold it for the long term. He always recommends hold it for the long term. But you've got to buy in an area with strong rental demand so that you can rent that property out and it doesn't end up costing you money to hold on to that property. So buy in an area with strong rental demand. Buy for positive cash flow is the number three rule. And what it means by this is there's no point buying in an area with strong rental demand if it's also going to cost you heaps of money to maintain that property or to pay for a managing uh, management agency to manage the property or your mortgage is going to be so expensive that by the end of the month, you haven't actually got any profit. So you've just got to do your maths and make sure that you're not only are you buying in an area with strong rental demand, but you're also making positive cash flow on your investment. Rule number four, invest for the long term, buy and hold. So he doesn't like to buy to sell. He's not a property, well, he has flipped properties, but Simon's keen on this notion of just keeping up, buying good investment properties and then just keeping hold of them and watching their value increase over time. Rule number five, have a cash buffer. Always have a cash buffer because you don't know what's going to unexpected events that are going to happen down the line. So you've got to have that cash buffer to pay for any, if your boiler breaks, anything like that. Well, actually, he talks about boiler insurance later in the book, so you wouldn't really need a cash buffer. Without that. But anyway, fuck it. Rule number five, have a cash buffer. Interesting point that Simon makes early on in the book is when he's talking about why people don't invest in property. And be it fear, lack of knowledge, lack of education, lack of resources, lack of time, whatever reason they have for not investing in property. So it's one of the main reasons that people nowadays may not invest in property is impatience. He says in today's society, many people have a very short term view. If they don't get instant results, they give up very easily. This can be a problem with property investing, which is a long term investment and benefits come from a buy and hold strategy. You can make good cash flows from property right now, but the real value is in the long term capital growth. Simon here mentions the usual property book strategy. It's been mentioned in all the property books I've done recently. I think all three of the previous property book reviews that I've done via this channel have all mentioned this idea of 
as long as you buy below market value and then you invest and you add loads of value to that property, you can actually remortgage it and pull out all of that money that you'd initially invested, your deposit. And Simon calls it momentum investing here. I did a working example, I think I did explain the working example on my previous book review, which was Rob Dix's Complete Guide to Property Investment. But yeah, Simon's also an, a fan of this strategy. And I can see why he puts it in the book, because when you read it, I know people will be reading it thinking, yeah, God, I can see how that could work. Uh, it's just a really nice strategy if you can pull it off. Real quick example of that, this momentum investing strategy. Let's say a property is worth £200,000. You managed to buy it, to, buy it for £150,000. You do a £50,000 deposit and then the rest of it, the £100,000, is made up of a mortgage. You then spend £20,000 of your own money doing this place up, making the house look fantastic. So your initial investment is a £50,000 deposit plus £20,000 to do up the property. So that makes £70,000, right? Then you get someone come in and revalue it and say, do you know what, you've done a fantastic job. I think this property is worth £270,000. And then at that point, a bank may say, here's, 200, here's a £200,000 mortgage. You take that mortgage, you pay off £200,000 mortgage, you pay off your £100,000 mortgage that you've taken out at the start, that leaves you with £100,000. So that also more than pays off your initial investment, which was, remember, £50,000 deposit, £20,000 refurbishment cost, £70,000. So you've got back your £70,000 plus extra cash for your next investment. Similarities between this book by Simon Zucci and Rob Dix's book, which I covered, Beginner's Guide to Property Investment. One of the similarities is when they both talk about auctions and that possibly the best strategy with auctions is to actually approach those properties which haven't sold at auction and approach the people who have put them on auction they thought that yeah we'll definitely get a sale when we put our property in auction then it doesn't sell it doesn't hit its reserve price and then they're gutted and they think fuck how are we going to sell we've got to sell this house quick and that's the time where you can swoop in and say right i'll give you a cash offer it's lower than you wanted but this is my offer we're on the subject of auctions there's a really interesting case study within this book whereby a property investor makes a really low offer on a house that's on the market with a standard estate agent because he knows there's a structural issue with this property. Now this structural issue puts off nearly all the other potential investors. You know, your average person looking for a house for their family is gonna look at a structural issue and be like, no, not interested, I don't wanna get involved in that. It puts off all the other people. He has to wait ages until this guy selling the house actually gives in and says, you know, I haven't sold it. The structural issue is putting everyone off. It's yours for this really low price. This property investor then takes that price, I think it was £80,000 that he bought the place for, and he puts it in at auction. He puts it in at auction because he knows that people who go to auctions are looking to buy a real, real bargain. And so he feels that the price is so low, it will attract lots of, issue, uh, lots of interest in the auction, lots of people bidding on it. And often people who go to auctions, they're expecting for there to be some sort of problem with the property. And because this, there was a structural issue, but it was quite a small structural issue, it's something that an experienced investor or someone who visits auctions would happily deal with. They feel like they're picking up a bargain, so I think he eventually sold this property for £96,000. Just an interesting strategy, buying from a normal estate agent and then putting it in an auction is the opposite way round to what people often think is the case. Simon's big on his number one rule of his five golden rules, which I mentioned at the start. Number one golden rule was to buy from motivated sellers. So a lot of the book is dedicated to how would you find these motivated sellers. He also talks about buying a property for below market value, which he's also really keen on. There's lots of different ways that you can find motivated sellers and properties for below market value. And there's lots of interesting ways, which I hadn't thought of, um, but you know, quite old school sort of way. So he talks about leafleting, just posting leaflets, posting letters, putting postcards up or at news agents or 
fish and chip shops and just having your local area spread with as much of this sort of leafleting and postcard policy as, as possible. And it opens your eyes to it. And he also talks a lot about putting adverts in the local newspaper, you know, saying, we'll buy your property if you need to sell your property quick, having a quick, you know, call our number on blah, blah, blah. And he talks about all these sort of very old school ways of getting people's attention or finding people who are indeed looking to sell their property and looking to sell it quick. If you're looking around your local area and you see a couple of buildings that have been left empty for a long time, they're really run down. He says in there, you know, perhaps that's your time to look up on the land register website. You can look up on the land register website, find out who owns that land or who owns that property and then get in contact with them. Send them a letter. You know, I've noticed I've noticed this has been empty on a, for a long time. What's the plan? Can I make you an offer? Can I buy it off you? What's the situation? What Simon's also really keen on throughout this book is the idea of something called deal sourcing or making money from deal sourcing. The idea behind this is that if you are going to the effort to send flyers out and find motivated sellers, leafleting, putting postcards up in shops, adverts, newspaper adverts, getting the word out, just trying to buy, offering people the chance to sell their property quick. When you do find deals, or if you're flooded by more deals, good deals, then you can actually handle or that you can do yourselves. Obviously you can cherry pick the best one for yourselves, but what do you do if you find a fantastic deal, but you've just invested all your money in a different one? Do you just tell them, sorry, it's not for me, and then forget about it? What Simon talks about here is instead of doing that, you can actually sell those deals to other property investors. And I know he runs a course in deal sourcing. I don't know too much about deal sourcing, but I know he runs a course in deal sourcing. And I know that another guy who I listen to on podcasts called Billy Farrell, he does a property protege, I think he calls it property protege course, which I think is also based on this idea of deal sourcing. So it's a fantastic way to cherry pick the best deals for yourself and you know invest in those properties and either rent them out or flip them. But while you're doing that, you can also make additional income probably more regular income by packaging up these deals that you've taken the effort to find and then selling them off through various channels to other property investors. At the end here about building a power team, you know, all the usual suspects included in that, get your solicitor, mortgage broker, estate agents, letting agents, property finder, builders, all included in your power team. Get a good power team together. I really like that he's included in his power team a cool answering service. Because as you can imagine, if he's putting newspaper ads out and all the, using all these different ways of finding motivated sellers, the last thing he wants is for the motivated seller to ring him and then reach an answer phone message or ring him and have him not know what, where the calls come from, sort of answer in a fairly informal way. And for that motivated seller to maybe not feel that it's a very professional outfit and get a little bit put off and not want to sell to him. Having a cool answering service, he can employ someone to answer every single phone call from those motivated sellers. As soon as they come through, they hear a friendly voice. This is XYZ uh, Property Services. How can I help you? And I just think that just creates such a much better first impression and such a more professional way of doing, thing, doing things. I think that's a really good idea. And then the power team is a good property management company. And again, this is a common thread among all the other property books. They all say, as soon as you've got a couple of properties under, under your belt, you need to find someone to manage those properties for you. Because otherwise, you're just gonna, it's going to be too time consuming if you're trying to manage these properties yourself. And you'll actually not be doing any good for yourself by just filling up your days managing all your tenants needs so they all recommend find a good property management company how simon zucci signs off the end of the book is he gives you links and i look forward to all the other courses and resources that he has to offer people who are interested in property and interested in developing their knowledge in property one day workshops there's three day courses short term medium term and of course there is the biggie which is called the property mastermind program which is a full 12 month program it costs shitloads of money to go on one of these things but it, apparently, or as Simon says, it does have really, really good results. And you've got, the, you've got that knowledge for life then, haven't you? Simon was one of the first peoples, one of the sort of property 
workshop and property education gurus for the UK, and he was one of the one of the first people to really, really offer these services and these educational events all throughout the UK. So he's really doing well on that. He's probably making a lot of money educating people through all of these courses that he runs. There's also something called the Property Investors Network, which is monthly networking evenings running all various cities throughout the UK. And I actually went through reading this book, it talks about it at the end, and I went on one of these evenings near me in Bristol. And it was good, I got to stand up. I went there because I need some money for a project I've got going on at my house. I'm trying to buy my neighbour's property, but I need to buy it on exchange with delayed completion, and I need some extra cash to do a double extension of mine and his property. So I need some finance, I need a good mortgage broker, I don't know where to find one. At the end of this book it said about the Property Investors Network meetups, I thought I'll go there and I'll find a, prop a good mortgage broker and I did and it was great. There's deal sources there, accountants there, estate agents, landlords, all sorts of builders, electricians and it, all sorts of people from various areas of property and that's another thing that Simon's developed. So to sum up, shit loads of crossovers with this book with other property books, it is sort of a basic cover all bases property book, it, is, it, it really was incredibly similar to Rob Dix's Complete Guide to Property Investment, which I, I know I did the Beginner's Guide to Property Investment um, as a book review earlier on, but I also listened on Audible to the Complete Guide. The two books are very, very similar, but a lot of these basic property books, as you buy from Waterstones, they're all going to cover the same stuff. I think I need to direct my reading now into more sort of specific areas and pick out areas in this book which I have of interest, be it flipping or deal sourcing or property tax or whatever, and then just dive a little bit deeper in each of those areas. So a good book, and I'm happy I read this book.